dives in for the touchdown. Did he get it? Yes, sure he did. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. You're listening to the One Podcast. Hey there, Lions fans. Tori Petrie here, your host for this official Lions podcast. Welcome into another episode of the One Pridecast. Here in Allen Park, the offseason program is really winding down. Last week was minicamp, and this week the Lions are finishing out their last few OTAs before the summer break. It's felt like go, go, go for this portion of the offseason program, and then After this week, all of a sudden, it gets pretty quiet. The rookies are still around next week for their rookie program, but it gets a lot quieter in the building after this week is over with. However, there are no plans for this podcast to go quiet, though. We will have Lions content all the way through training camp on the One Pridecast, so stay subscribed, stay listening to the podcast, because there will be plenty more exciting things happening between now and then so that you can get your football fix when there's no football happening on the field. Now, if you're new to the One Pridecast, we like to have a variety of guests here. Sometimes it's players, sometimes it's coaches, sometimes experts, and we've even had fans on the podcast before. We like to span some serious and analytical topics, but also some fun topics as well, so we keep some variety in there. This week, though, we are turning to an expert in Sports Illustrated's Andy Benoit. He was visiting the Lions during minicamp, and I sat down to talk with him about Patricia's second year as head coach, I talked to him in depth about each position on defense, and we talked about what the new offense should look like under Daryl Bevel. Andy is so good with X's and O's, and I feel like I always learn something when I sit down with him. So I hope that you enjoy this in-depth conversation with him on what the lines will look like on the field come fall. Here it is. The Stadium Collection, located inside Gate A at Ford Field, is your one-stop shop for all your Detroit Lions merchandise needs. Open Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. until 6 p.m. The Stadium Collection has something for every Lions fan in your life to show their pride. Joining me now on the One Pride cast is Andy Benoit of Sports Illustrated. Andy, you are on a Midwestern tour of NFL cities right now. Tell me what you're uh, out and about doing this summer. I have been meeting with coaches primarily. I went to Green Bay and spent time with Matt LaFleur uh, right before he tore his Achilles, unfortunately. I was going like, to ask, before or after like the right injury? After I, right <laughs> after I left. We were going to get together later that night, and I didn't hear from him. I figured he was staying at the office late. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's too bad for Matt. And then the next morning I heard, and I thought, I, I, I felt so bad for him. Terrible for him. If only he had spent the evening with you. He Correct. might yeah, not he, have he went, ever. Yeah, he, he played basketball instead. It was his decision. I guess he'll live with that. But he'll <laughs> he'll be okay. He uh, He's, he's a uh, bright outlook kind of guy. But I, I spent time with him. And then um, uh, Chicago with Akeem Hicks, their defensive tackle. And then I went and saw Kenny Moore of the Colts, their slot corner. And then I spent a few days with Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. And now I'm here to, to see you guys and see Matt Patricia, hopefully. All right, what are you on the lookout for as you come out to practice today and chat with Matt Patricia? Well, I, I, I'm still we, – we, when we talked last year, Tori, it was about how the secondary had versatile defensive backs that could fit the man coverage demands. And I thought for the most part last year they did and they didn't. Like he rotated a lot in the secondary. And I think part of that is the Patriots' M.O. His, that's how they did it in New England. He believes in – uh, replacing guys and using guys in certain packages. That's one thing I'd be, love to ask him about. And I think the other part of it is the same reason other teams rotate is you're not totally comfortable with what you have. So they go out and they sign Justin Coleman and they pay him more money than any slot defender. And now we don't have to worry about being uncomfortable anymore. So 
that kind of they drafted Will Harris at safety. They've I, I love what they've done this offseason because they're still following the model they set a year ago. It's just been a little bit of a heavier investment. Trey Flowers obviously up front. So I'll watch to see how those guys jive. But you know what? It's very clear what they're wanting to do. They are That whole Patriots Midwest thing that people are saying, I, th- I think that's valid. They'll, they're certainly the Detroit Lions, um, but that approach and that structure I think is very valid. Certainly. I mean, you bring up uh, that secondary, and we talked about it when you were here during training camp. Uh, if you guys are interested in going back and listening, uh, there's a video on DetroitLines.com where Andy and I spoke during training camp. Uh, but we talk about that secondary and how they've moved a couple of pieces around this year. They've kind of got a lot of guys in that safety room. I mean, Quandre mm-hmm. Diggs moved over to safety full-time. Tracy Walker was really good last year, and he's looking like he's going to step up into a bigger role. But then they also draft Will Harris. How do all those pieces fit together in this? defense yep well walker played on passing down and passing sub packages uh their dime six dbs and then dollar seven dbs which they played more than any team in the league last year by the way that's why they have all this depth at safety and corner i would imagine they'd like him to be their Duran Harmon kind of guy which is new england they bring in Harmon and play he plays center field in obvious pass situations that was kind of the role walker seemed to play okay. last year um, all of this stuff is is fungible right now. This stuff can, especially with this kind of philosophy, the Patriot, the uh, Matt Patricia's philosophy from New England. So all this stuff is dependent on each week's matchup. But I would imagine that's where Walker plays. I don't know a lot about Harris. I haven't obviously doesn't have any NFL snaps. Sure. Um, but if he could be your box safety and then Diggs, the more versatile you can be with Diggs, the better. Quandre Diggs is, I think, the best player that nobody talks about in the mm. NFL. He is tremendous at everything he does. I don't know if he's a superstar, but if you had seven or eight other Quandre Diggs on your defense, you'd be a top 10 defense easily every year. Well, he is uh, beloved here in Detroit. I totally agree with what you're saying that nationally people don't really talk about him that much and I think he likes it that way I think he likes to you know keep it locked down but here I think people really respect him I mean he is a hard-hitting guy a really hard worker and uh, he's been a a really rising part of that defense in the last couple of years and he was that way under the previous staff too and who would in a whole different scheme he's just got an innate sense for angles and, and and that's why he can be so small and still be effective there sure. were times he covered tight ends last year man to man I don't know what his listed size is I bet it's about what a slot corners would typically be maybe a little bit thicker than that so I mean probably low 200s 210 215 but um, I remember one other a, a Lions coach from a few years ago I said what's up with this t- 28 guy and he he said just simply that guy is a football player and, it was, <laughs> and that's the highest when you emphasize it like that football play that's the highest compliment a coach can give well while we're talking about the secondary obviously pending whatever happens with Darius Slay's contract situation he's obviously one of your stars on defense uh who plays opposite of him is certainly up for debate right now in practice we've been seeing Rashawn Melvin who they signed this offseason uh work a lot at outside corner as well as Tease Tabor they're still giving him a chance to develop and and grow uh what do you see happening at that outside corner position and what can you tell us maybe about Rashawn Melvin and, and what he where he comes from and what he brings to the Lions what I've liked about Mel- Melvin so he was in Oakland last year but that really was not the right fit for him schematically and he has said that already right. um 
I remember he in Baltimore down the stretch one year, he came out of nowhere as like a street free agent or something, whatever out of nowhere was, and played very well in the postseason and played what I think he played against New England that year. So, um, Melvin, I've always thought is good at the top of routes. So, which makes him in my mind an outside corner. A lot of routes that you get as a cornerback, and you don't get it quite as much in Detroit in their scheme, but it's basically playing on the up shoulder of the outside receiver and then working down and you know when he breaks inside you collapse down on top of him that's to me where Melvin's at his best he's a streaky player so I wouldn't be surprised if he's rotating in and out of the lineup at times this year that's how it's been throughout his career but he can be an upgrade at that number two spot I don't know if they I'd love to know if they want a true number two like we know who's we know Slay is the number one Right. Do we want a number two or do we want to rotate and change based on each week's opposing receiver? Slay's pretty versatile as a number one, and what he can do that most guys cannot is travel with the smaller guys. So a lot of times when a corner travels, it's usually a bigger corner and he travels with the bigger receiver. The bigger receiver just happens to be the number one receiver. But the guys who are quick enough to travel with an Odell Beckham type or with an Antonio Brown type, those little bit shiftier receivers, those guys are real valuable. I think Slay can do either of those things, which gives them a lot of flexibility then with how they want to use their number two corner. Because the other thing they can do, they did this against Minnesota last year, there were snaps where Slay took Thielen one-on-one and they doubled Stefan Diggs with different guys so then the conversation is well who are the best guys to double Stefan Diggs with that gets into how you're playing your safeties and your corners certainly well it wouldn't be uh, unsurprising to see this team rotate guys because it's something that we see a lot from them Somebody else they added this offseason on the defensive line is Trey Flowers. We haven't really gotten to see him in his full potential during practice quite yet, uh, but what does he bring to this defensive line, and how might it look different with him? He's versatile, which is key because versatility is a big part of this scheme, especially with how they present their defensive fronts. His technique's the best in the NFL. If we're just talking pure nuts and bolts of how to play the position – yeah, you could make the the teaching tape off of Trey Flowers' highlights. So that's that, and guys like that are inherently consistent because your technique's not going to waver very much from one day to another. So I think you can do just about anything and everything with Trey Flowers. It's important to understand though what he is when you say he can do anything and everything. He's not an edge bender. He's not Ziggy Ansah of a few years ago where it's just. Uh, be supple be flexible and explode around the corner they don't have those kind of guys on this roster and the scheme really doesn't demand it which is Mm. unusual most teams need that I think that's an important point for people to recognize is you know we we talk about okay who's their elite edge rusher but you say this scheme doesn't necessarily need one no not not with the way they play they're big on containing it depends on the quarterback they're facing but their whole approach is instead of getting penetration on the edges and this is true on first and second down as well not just passing downs but instead of getting penetration they want to set the edge they keep their outside arm free of blockers and, and they want to stay firm there and force you to keep the ball inside and that's why they have invested in defensive tackles a lot. They drafted Robinson. It's a different staff. But Robinson's one of their guys that they play, obviously. They got Deshaun Hand a few years ago. They paid money and brought in Damon Harrison. They, they invest, and that's how the Patriots were. They draft defensive linemen inside more than outside, 
Flowers is kind of a hybrid of all of that stuff, which is part of what makes him so valuable because now we're talking about highly specialized players. Really outstanding role players is what this kind of defensive front is built on. So the more, if you have a flexible piece like Flowers, then you can move your role players around into roles that are more fitting for them. But no, Trey Flowers is not here to get 12 sacks and and just dominate the passers. That's not the kind of player he is. And if, if he has five sacks this year, let's say, that does not mean he had a bad season rush in the passer because he's a, he's a schemed pass rusher in a good way. Well, before we move on from the defense, I want to ask you about Jelani Tavai. He's the linebacker the Lions drafted in the second round. They talked about how he was so important to this scheme because they look for guys that are bigger linebackers. That's something that's very important to them. They're not so much high on the guys like Devin Bush, who are maybe smaller and, and quicker. They want the guys who are bigger. Why is that important to this scheme? I think one reason is back to that versatility. Like, look at how the Patriots have used Dante Hightower over the years. He's their stack linebacker. He lines up off the ball behind the defensive line, like in a traditional linebacker spot. But there are times, meaningful times, in fact, in in two out of the last three Super Bowls, I remember him doing this, where he'll line up on the edge and be one of those edge setters we just talked about. So position flexibility and versatility is key. And in order to do that, you have to be big. You you can't, you're right, a Devin Bush type of guy, you can't ask a Devin Bush to line up and set the edge on on the perimeter. But the Hightower type or hopefully a Jelani Tavai type, you, you can. So it starts with that kind of flexibility. And then also, if you think about it, if you're always setting the edge and trying to keep the ball inside, then you don't need a run and chase linebacker because the ball's funneling inside towards you. You need a guy that's big enough to take on blocks, shed blocks, make the tackle without giving up a few extra yards after contact. It's smash mouth type of football, which gets back to why, like, this is why they're doing a nice job building this roster. I don't, you know, who knows if it's going to translate to wins or losses, but there's clearly a, a plan in place. And to get a guy like Tavai, that amplifies and correlates with signing Trey Flowers because those type of guys are all about keeping the ball in the middle of the field. Great players are made in the offseason. Parents, prepare your child at the Detroit Lions Summer Football Camps. Select from over 25 locations throughout the state, including camps held at Ford Field and at the Lions Training Facility in Allen Park. Camps are open to boys and girls ages 6 to 14 of all skill levels. Plus, all participants will receive a special Lions preseason ticket offer. Visit DetroitLions.com slash summer camps to learn more. All right, we've talked a lot about the defense, but really one of the biggest things I wanted to talk to you about today is about this offense because we know so little about it yet here in Detroit. The Lions bring in Daryl Bevel uh, from Seattle, and of course we can glean a lot from watching what that offense looked like in Seattle. But once it comes here to Detroit, he's working with Matthew Stafford. He's got Carrion Johnson in the backfield. He's worked with some really good quarterbacks and running backs before. What should Lions fans expect from Daryl Bevel in Detroit? I will be really eager to see because for years Daryl Bevel has coached Russell Wilson and Wilson's the hardest player in the league to evaluate schematically because of his unconventional style of play. And there's stuff Wilson from the pocket cannot see. So he becomes an out-of-pocket player. I mean, he, like, he literally can't see. He can't see over his line at 5'10". Right. Uh, he can certainly see most things, but not everything. So you have to accommodate that, and that changes your scheme. And then Wilson's not necessarily an on-schedule quarterback, so you also have to keep some room in your scheme for him to be flexible. And that's the kind of thing that 
I think coordinators like it and also hate it at times because it's not the way you draw up the play isn't how it's going to go. So we've seen Bevel working under those conditions. It's hard to pinpoint what his philosophy is because of that. Matthew Stafford, for example, he's going to run the play the way you drew it up because he can do everything as a drop back passer. He doesn't run around as well as Wilson. Nobody does. But you don't draw up plays very often for the quarterback to run, run around and make a play. So I'll be curious to see how the passing game looks. I would imagine Patricia wants some of the stuff you see from the Patriots, so pre-snap shifting and motions, uh, what they call stack release, where one receiver lines up behind another and it forces defenders to back off. Um, Those kind of tactics, I think, will be prevalent with them. The other thing is, and this this Daryl Bevel did do a lot in Seattle, unbalancing the formation. So all the wide receivers on one side of the field tight ends on the other side of the field you really make the defense have to tip a lot of its hand when you do that and if you have a tight end who's a weapon like a Gronkowski or like hopefully a Hawkinson then you become very dangerous out of those formations as well so I'm sure we'll see a lot of unbalanced formations from the Lions and that's why they went out and got a Danny Amendola because if you put all your receivers on one side of the field uh, if you have three receivers out there, now you've got two guys in the slot, basically. There's only one outside receiver. So you need a slot receiver in order to play that way. Well, we've also heard a lot about how much they plan to run the football, how that is going to be a core uh, principle of this offense this year. It helps that we saw so much improvement in the run game last year, that on Johnson uh, really came on last year. What should we expect in terms of the run game this year? One thing that Bevel's going to have an advantage of that Jim Bob Cooter did not have the luxury of having is they know about Kerryon Johnson now. Last year, every week, it was a different type of running scheme from Detroit almost. And my sense was that wasn't because this is a, a franchise that believes in versatility. I mean, I'm sure that was some of it. But I think the bigger reason was they were just trying to find what what are our young linemen good at and what is Kerryon Johnson good at. And now that they've got it, maybe we'll see a more – defined idea of what the running game will be. Bevel in Seattle ran an outside zone scheme. I don't know if they've got outside zone linemen here. I mean, they, those guys can maybe do that, but I'm thinking like, like a Frank Ragnall to me seems like more of a north and south road grading kind of lineman, and I thought some of Carrion Johnson's best moments last season came behind man-to-man blocking. So not zone blocking, but man blocking, which would mean pulling guards, double teams inside, my guess is that's what we'll see out of this team. But remember, you also are building your passing game off your running game if you're doing it right. Right. And so that will factor in as well. Uh, one more thing for you. During minicamp, the Lions signed Jermaine Curse in that wide receiver room. Now, throughout the spring program, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. have not been at full participation, so it definitely adds some depth to that wide receiver room uh, as they kind of get their top guys healthy. But what does Jermaine Curse bring to this team? Curse gives you the benefit of knowing where your receiver will be, and half the time that's what coaches want because coaches – draw up plays that they believe work that's why they draw the play they think that if the plays run correctly it'll work that's that's the play so we need receivers who will go where the play tells them to go Amendola types Jermaine Curse types the other thing if you have some starting receivers who are out 
if that's messing up some of your drills or some of your seven on sevens, it becomes harder to evaluate everybody else because the play is not being run correctly. So I could see a coach saying, oh, yeah, I'm sick of this. I, his undrafted guys is probably, they're not going to make the team most likely. They're making it hard for us to evaluate everybody else because they're running the wrong route. Give me a guy who I know will do what he's told to do, what he knows to do. Jermaine Curse sure. has played for Daryl Bevel before. He knows what to do. Awesome. Andy, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We really appreciate it. I love talking to you. I feel like I always learn something when we chat. So thank you so much for spending some time with us on the One Pridecast. I appreciate it. I enjoy, uh, enjoy visiting with you.